Welcome to Podland, the last word in podcasting news. It's the 21st of October 2021. I'm James Cridland, the editor of podnews.net in Queensland in Australia. And I'm Brian Barletta from Sounds Profitable in Texas in the US. And I'm Adam Bowie from the BBC World Service. And later, I'll be talking about some upcoming podcast trends. He will. Podland is sponsored by Riverside.fm, a tool for recording podcasts and video interviews in studio quality from anywhere. And by Buzzsprout, used by over 100,000 podcasters like us to host, promote and track your podcast. Sam Sethi is in Barcelona this week, so I'm joined by Brian Barletta from Sounds Profitable. Brian, greetings. Thanks for having me here, James. Oh, it's a great pleasure. Uh, What is Sounds Profitable? Yes, so Sounds Profitable is a newsletter and podcast and video uh, all about podcast advertising technology, providing you once a week or more uh, information on how the entire industry works and how you can get involved in it. I just said uh, that Riverside is a tool for recording things in studio quality from anywhere. Uh, You can see, but everybody else can't. I am literally in the middle of a wood. You can hear the birds in the background. Yeah, that would explain the noise (laughs) in the background. So in case everything goes hideously wrong, then that's why. Uh, Podland is a weekly podcast where we dive deeper into the week's podcasting news. And the big news of the week is... Apple Podcasts has explained how automatic downloads work. What have they said, James? Yeah, well, they've uh, they've said some interesting things. It's um, Apple have never really uh, publicly said how their automated downloads work, and perhaps the most important bits here are that uh, if a listener hasn't played a show that they follow for more than fifteen days or they haven't played the latest five episodes, then Apple Podcasts will pause automated downloads, uh, which is interesting to see. And also, Apple Podcasts have basically said, don't use your podcast host's stats because um, uh, they may provide an incomplete view of audience behavior. And they basically say, use the analytics in Apple Podcasts Connect as well, which is lovely, but there's no API into them. So you basically have to log in and hope that it's working on that day. Um, what are your What are your thoughts from an ad tech point of view around uh, these automated downloads from Apple? I think overall ad tech relies very heavily on downloads because it's the least common denominator. It's something that we all have access to and it's what we built around. It's not the best, but it's mm. what we have and it allows measurement throughout of all the podcasting. And so it's kind of unfair for Apple to say that. Now, I will say I'm very happy for them to come out and be more vocal in the podcast space and be more active in the improvements that they're having Mm. uh, in the platform. But I I think you're right. Without an API and without the ability for hosts to really grab that data and do something with it, it it doesn't really move the needle for major publishers. Now, you said uh, something a couple of uh, weeks ago that um, because Apple Podcasts, of course, had a bug earlier on, which I think told us that 31% of shows downloaded by Apple Podcasts are never listened to, which is an interesting figure. You were saying something about, you know, that was a bug, but it's a shame that Apple Podcasts fixed it, I think. Yeah. I think that for listeners, auto-download is fantastic. I'm very happy that I have it. I still actually use Apple Podcasts as my primary podcast player because so many people use it. It's very important for me to experience that side of it. Mm. Uh, But from a podcast publisher perspective, it's not great. And so many of them that I spoke to, while they admitted that the numbers were more realistic with that drop in downloads from auto download being turned off, they were very happy to see their numbers returned. And my hope in the article that I wrote was really more around the fact that I kind of wish they didn't fix the bug. I kind of wish that was the new normal so we could get back to realizing that downloads or progressive downloads when, when someone presses play 
are are really intent driven, and we can get more value out of it. Mm, so, do you think we're uh, right in measuring downloads for podcast ads, or do you think we should be measuring something else instead? I think that with the open nature of podcasting, we don't really have a choice. I think downloads are the only thing that we have across everything, and I don't think that they're their best by far. But I think it's the only thing that we really have universally, and and we really need to kind of get behind that. We can't keep opining the lack of listening. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I think it's fascinating and good on Apple for um, uh, sticking all of this information uh, live. It's really, really helpful. Right, let's move on. Spotify is investing in ad salespeople in Europe, Australia, and Canada, and they say they're going to hire hundreds of people. James? Yeah, hundreds of people. Um, not just ad sales, but support staff as well. So I understand Megaphone, which Spotify own, announced and which you, who you used to work for, I believe, yep. uh, a long, long time ago, prior to it being owned by uh, Spotify. They have announced that they're expanding into Europe as well. Couldn't quite understand what they're offering because they're not offering the Spotify audience network. They're not offering interface translations. They basically, I mean, it sounds as if they're, they're offering a commitment to the countries and white glove support, whatever white glove support is. Michael Jackson has to be in everything, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure. I, I suspect it's a press release to park their tanks on Acast's lawn and um, probably uh, fair enough. I mean, you wrote a big piece about Spotify and Anchor this week, which you finished before that announcement. What were you saying in the piece that you wrote this week? Yeah, so it's part of a two-week uh, review of their announcement with Anchor, which Anchor is creating three tiers of approach for Anchor publishers to monetize. They allow um, Anchor ambassador ads, which are host-read ads, allowing you to convince people to sign up for an Anchor account, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. You only need 50 listens, and they specifically say listens instead of downloads, uh, to be eligible for that. Um, and then they have uh, a, a second tier, which is automated ads, which we call programmatic or announcer red ads, which are based on the targeting of the listener mm. or aggregate targeting of the show. And uh, they also are going to start doing host red uh, ad deals for larger publishers. And honestly, overall, I think this is fantastic because I think Anchor as an app that you could record an entire podcast on is such a great entry level invitation to the space mm. and while i don't think anybody is going to be very excited about putting out 20 episodes for their 50 listener show before they get a 15 dollars check for those ambassador ads it is the earliest and easiest way to monetize your podcast and my hope and my article really discusses about how this is a great on-ramp to create a better educated middle class of podcasters who will start to look at their podcast as more than just a single show and start thinking about it as a business and start looking at all the other podcast companies in the space that can really help them grow and monetize and increase their distribution. So that's Anchor. You worked at Megaphone before they were bought by Spotify. Do you think that Acast's growth in the US is worrying um, Megaphone? Do you think that's why they have announced this uh, apparent launch in Europe? I think that Megaphone's biggest appeal to Spotify when they were purchased was the Megaphone-targeted marketplace, which has become a big part of Spotify audience network. Megaphone's technology was cool. I, I, I think that it's a very solid hosting platform and ad server, but there are a lot of competitors out there that can mm. do the same thing. What they really brought to the table was fantastic account management and a substantially uh, competent sales team that really just understood how to work with their clients to to broker this announcer red 
product at scale. And I think that Megaphone gearing up for that is really attractive uh, because like it, it excites me. I think that ACAST has a very strong presence worldwide. I think DAX has a very strong global presence. I think that Megaphone will do well outside the U.S., uh, and and I, I hope more podcast companies start to take it serious outside the U.S., but I think that the lack of translation or the lack of local language or the lack of all the services being offered in all those countries has me a bit confused, uh, but it's a lot of moving parts. Spotify, Anchor, Megaphone are three separate companies still operating separately in different ways, but roll different parts under the same umbrella when it's convenient. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be really interesting. And I think um, it reminds me back in the commercial radio days in the UK where uh, all of the commercial radio stations were pop radio stations and some companies felt that pop music was a bit demeaning and a bit, uh, you know, they, they don't want to be involved in any of that. And as soon as a classical music station appeared, uh, then all of a sudden that got commercial radio into the boardroom. And people began to understand because they were hearing commercials for the first time. They were buying commercial radio for the first time. And they began to understand all of the benefits of commercial radio. And I wonder whether um, Spotify, particularly pushing into Europe, is going to raise the game for all of us uh, in the industry. I'm convinced that Spotify, everything they do will benefit the entire industry uh, because everyone that they, they raise up is going to be someone who's thinking about, is this everything? Spotify will never be the only channel for a buyer who is finding mm. success, and it'll never be the only channel for a publisher who is rocketing to the top. They will start to look at what other deals there are. People are leaving Spotify exclusivity. Advertisers do buy more than just Spotify. So I'm all for supporting them mm. and not assuming that we're, you know, that there's a finite bowl. We're not even remotely there yet. Yeah, yeah. No, I would certainly agree. Certainly agree. Now, a man who I worked with for a long time, talking about radio, is Adam Bowie. I worked with him at Virgin Radio, where he was the clever man who worked on research and strategy. That turned into Absolute Radio, and now he's at the BBC World Service. I caught up with him very early in the morning after he'd spoken about trends in podcasting at Radio Days Europe. It's Europe's biggest radio conference, radio and audio conference, although it's still Radio Days, not Audio Days but we'll see if that changes. I think this year, several hundred in people attending, but normally probably upwards of over 1,000, 1,500. And you were speaking alongside Tom Webster, but I gather that Tom Webster was on a virtual screen instead, was he? Yeah, Tom was uh, in Boston uh, doing it down the line, and I was there in person. Yeah, so what was it like being on a plane? The plane was full, <laughs> let me tell you, yeah. but it was fully masked up. Everyone was uh, pretty good, pretty well behaved, but actually not too bad in the scheme of things. It didn't feel too unsafe. Good. Oh, well, that's probably a good thing. So um, the 10 trends that you went through, we'll link to those from our show notes. Uh, trends number seven was celebrity podcasts. And back at the end of last year, one of your blog posts, uh, you write an excellent blog, was that uh, you weren't going to download any more celebrity podcasts. How are you going with that? And what's your problem with them anyway? <laughs> it's going pretty well, actually, because um, quite a lot of them are rubbish. That's probably quite harsh. No, I think my biggest problem with them is that everyone feels they have to get a celebrity on board to make a podcast because that way they'll get a bit of PR and a bit of press out of it. 
and uh, discovery we all know is a massive problem in podcasts and so what better than put a celebrity on and it turns out in the last 18 months or so a lot of celebrities have had a reasonable amount of time on their hands so they've all been busily making podcasts because they're the hot new thing aren't they and that's fine except for now you get lists of podcasts sent to you and unless there's a famous person attached it's just not even going to appear on the list it concerns me that that means that it's kind of closing up the sort of ecosystem of podcasts a little bit and you you certainly get cases where someone comes up with something and then they say and who famous can we get to present it and is that necessarily a good thing or a bad thing there are by the way benefits to it but um i do edge towards the there are too many of them what are the benefits if you were to play devil's advocate okay i think most of us in podcasting still want to see more people listen to podcasts and famous people definitely drive podcasts you know there's that Mm. there's the fact that entertainment music comedy are popular categories of podcasting so why wouldn't there be celebrities in podcasts and celebrities do just about everything else so why wouldn't they do podcasts But on on the other hand, I do worry, for example, funding. You know, when um, uh, companies like Spotify chuck their millions at famous people, does that mean they've got less hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands to give to uh, people who aren't famous to make a podcast for them? Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Talking about um, hot new things, obviously Clubhouse, Twitter Spaces, Green Room, all of those things are hot new things. That was your trend number six. There's lots of talk about those in podcasting. But are they really podcasting, Adam? Uh, No, probably not. But uh, the key thing here is that they are audio and you can only do mostly one audio thing at a time um so if you are spending a couple of hours killing time listening to uh something like clubhouse or spending time hanging out on twitter spaces which by the way feels like it's growing quite quickly potentially more than clubhouse but i've not seen numbers Mm. you're not listening to podcasts and you and so that that's that's really the danger the same could be said for audio books or frankly listen to the radio or listening to your own music collection if you've got one of those or borrowing the one you rent from spotify or whoever in terms of will they be as big as maybe a year ago a lot of people thought they'd be i'm not so sure to be perfectly honest Mm. but they are a thing that um i mentioned twitter spaces you know facebook's going to push its version and spotify you know hearing talk that they're going to build uh green room into the main app so you know they're all adding stickiness if you like in the audio space and that you know there's only so many hours of the day we can spend listening to audio and i think spotify has released some data saying that if you listen to music then podcast listening is additive rather than replacement to that i don't know whether you've got any views on that i mean yes to an extent but um we all only have the 24 hours in the day and uh, there's a lot of things uh, searching for our time. I don't know if you've noticed, there's quite a lot of things in video going on as well. So, mm. you know, where where is that time coming from? You know, and, and frankly, Spotify would quite like you to spend a bit more time with speech and a bit less with music because at the end of the day, that improves their business model, even though the reason you probably got Spotify was for the music. Stay for the speech content, if you like, then... Um, that that's great for them but you know there's only so far that they can grow it's not like there's a a continual growth 
availability there. It's got to come from, at least in the, at the, without being at the cost of another audio form. And, uh, you know, you, you were talking about video uh, and that sort of thing. How many um, TV, uh, you know, Netflix-type services are you signed up to? Uh, too many. Um, <laughs> I've... Uh, you watch I, you watch a little bit of television, I believe. I do watch. I do watch a little bit of television. So you know, yeah. obviously, I've got Netflix. I've got Amazon because I've got Amazon. Disney because Disney, and then you start disappearing down a long list because I like films. I've got movie, but I also play for BFI player. Mm. Oh my god, this is getting long, isn't it? And then you can start getting into the outer limits of things like Shudder or um, Brickbox in this country so um, yes and do I do I heard of any of these do do I use them all (laughs) no am I paying for them yes is that a clever thing on my part no well and and that's got something to do with your trend number three isn't it subscriptions and uh, you know there's Patreon there's Apple supporting cast supercast uh, will subscriptions be the saviour of podcasting or do you think that there's an upper limit? Uh, there's definitely an upper limit. I mean, so I think it's too early to honestly say. I think what's interesting is there have been some podcasts that have survived for years on things like Patreon and supporting casts in particular. I think those two because they've been around longer. And now we're seeing Apple kind of hove its tanks in and they, they did put out a release of, although with no real numbers attached, of you know their most successful new subscription models. And some people are going to do fine. And I think particularly if you are a, a smaller podcast and at the same time you are trying to do a job outside of that, maybe you can quit your job and do your podcasting thing full time and indeed begin to employ people because it, it doesn't take too many people. If your your niche has a few thousand people maybe even a few hundred that might be enough for you i think in turn you know and there'll be some bigger companies who can do reasonably well but i'm i'm not sure just by the scale but i'm not sure that overall it's necessarily this kind of nirvana because there is a thing called subscription fatigue and interestingly um in the last few weeks i've actually heard my first podcast ads for some of these subscription cancelling services where you basically hook up either your email or your bank account if you trust them to them and they will go through like i've just listed to you a long list of um things that i don't necessarily use and go through that and identify them and start cancelling them for you and there is this new niche of subscription cancelling services because it you know it's not just podcasts it's everything yeah. else you know your coffee shop may have a subscription service that's how we're going these days well uh, yeah and i was going to bring up uh, coffee because you have a slide showing cups of coffee and there's a new on demand news service here in australia called flash the boss of that was on telly the other day saying it was just two cups of coffee and some podcasts are one cup of coffee i do a radio trends newsletter and you can literally buy me a coffee there's a button saying exactly that how are you with coffee i don't drink coffee james um <laughs> and if i did there's a limit to how much coffee i do i would drink um yeah i i think i think that whole kind of oh it's the same price as a cup of coffee but it's a cup of coffee in starbucks which isn't necessarily the cheapest way of getting your coffee Mm. yeah there's an upper limit uh you can't you can't compare everything to a cup of coffee and uh yes i get slightly fed up with that (laughs) it's uh i think it's you with uh just the price of a cup of coffee is like me with video killed the radio star. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yes, uh, I, th- I think that's absolutely it. Um, and your uh, final trend was consolidation trend number one. What do you think that means? Is the industry going to change forever? It is tra- It is changing things. Um, I think it's 
at first it'll be fairly subtle i mean there's a natural evolution of things i think any, anywhere where there's lots of smaller startups effectively the bigger ones will start to um, swallow up some of the smaller ones and companies will grow and that makes a lot of sense commercially and from a business perspective but there, there's there's other issues as people begin to wind up their walls and we move away from an open rss system into um, exclusivity and um, even if you don't quite go that direction, you know, we're seeing now a lot of the big uh, big companies owning their own platforms, which means that they can promote their own podcasts. Mm. That means that unless you're really big, have your own platform, have the ability, the money, the drive, then it begins to wash away some of the smaller stuff i mean look it's it's going to happen there's no no way around it and and what's interesting of course is not every purchase is going to work and i think we've seen some companies get bought and i'm not i'm not clear that the value has necessarily been there no names no pack drill but uh, mm. you can fill in your own blanks there but um it's definitely the way things are going and there's plenty more of it to happen i think well your slides are on your website adambowie.com bowie spelt like david but pronounced differently for some reason uh adam thank you so much for your time thanks james adam bowie from the bbc yeah that was really interesting he was talking a lot about subscription services how many uh, tv or um you know movie services are you uh, are you paying for uh, brian uh let's see hulu hbo netflix disney so I got at least four right now. Mm. Adam was talking about all of these weird ones. BritBox, which I think that you guys can get. And there's uh, some other weird... The BFI player, I've got no idea. That's He's, he's, he's a movie buff, is, uh, <laughs> is uh, Adam. But uh, where do you think um, the subscription model is going to go in terms of podcasting? I mean, Adam was saying there's not necessarily going to be an awful lot of appetite for it. Uh, where do you th- where do you see that going? I think that there's a real fear of being everybody's number four favorite podcast and only wanting to subscribe to three podcasts. Um, I think there's a lot of potential right now, and I think everybody who's even remotely considering it and thinks they want to give it a try should be putting something out something out there for that. I'm going to write about that soon. If you look at Apple Podcasts, if you look at Spotify, mm. they make so much room. So much promotional room for channels, for subscriptions, for all of this stuff, and there's not that many. Mm. So if they're going to highlight people and you want to get on it, now is absolutely the time to do that. But I think that opening up different ways to pay people is really attractive. I think that for me recently, I tried to binge an, uh, a season of Toxic about Britney Spears, and I wish I could have very easily from the app just given them 5 or $10 as like a thank you because I enjoyed it. But I don't subscriptions mm. tie you in i think i think we're getting close to an alternative to advertising there's also no reason you can't have ads in a subscription service hulu does it i i think that we're we're close but we haven't quite cracked the ui aspect of it we haven't really convinced listeners that this is the right way to do it yeah and i think it's going to be interesting seeing how apple continues to increase the amount of subscriptions that they're doing but also seeing once spotify get a little bit more serious about this sort of area as well seeing how they end up um you know doing it as well i guess part of that is not necessarily being able to take payment directly from an ios app or indeed from an android app but um you know we'll see see what happens there but i think it's really interesting 
you know, interesting times. I think what what possibly excites me and, you know, Adam Curry talks about advertising being censorship and to a point it is, you know, um, I'm very happy to talk about Buzzsprout, very happy to talk about Riverside, for example, but I suspect there may be eyebrows raised if I talk about Captivate too much or about Squadcast too much, you know? So I guess Adam's got a point there, and I think what's exciting is an alternative to stick to filling your podcast with uh, you know ads for mattresses and meals yeah i i don't think having more ways to compensate people for creation is a bad thing i just think we need to have the better flows for it yeah yeah no indeed uh, and i think talking about uh, riverside that was the first time that adam was using it which uh, we used to record this show uh, they're one of our sponsors. They are a high-quality way to record anything from anywhere. Uh, I, I say I am uh, currently in, <laughs> literally in a forest. I will post a picture uh, somewhere, probably on our Twitter feed, um, just to uh, show you exactly where I am. But uh, yeah, they've uh, added a few little tweaks this week. There's some confetti when everybody has uploaded their audio. There's better navigation, and it's also promoting the Magic Editor much more, which is uh, very smart. Uh, your first month's free at Riverside.com. FM. Let's get back to the news, and John Spurlock has been busy. His latest post is about which CDN podcast companies are using. Yeah, John, uh, you know, has been really getting into uh, the weeds here in terms of the data, hasn't he? Um, really interesting stuff. He's used the Podcast Index, the Open Podcast Analytics Working Group, um, which uh, you wrote about uh, a while back. So a CDN is a content d- uh, delivery network. It's basically the way that most large websites get uh, audio and files close to you um, so you're not uh, having to connect all the way back to a server in you know Austin Texas or or indeed that would be close for you but um, that would be the other side of the world for me yep. uh, so that's all very smart 44% of all podcast episodes published in September are served by Amazon uh, 13% by Cloudflare, and there are a few more. Buzzsprout, our fine sponsor, uses Cloudflare. Um, and the Sounds Profitable podcast available on Wooshka, which uses Amazon by the looks of this. And I think Supercast uses Amazon as well. Amazon is not cheap. <laughs> and it's interesting how they've got the market share there. I wonder, I wonder whether it's just it's easier more than, more than anything else to end up, end up using. I will tell you that while I was at Megaphone, they made the choice to actually self-host. The numbers absolutely added up to take on that uh, adventure. And I think COVID kind of threw uh, a twist in that at one point. Uh, and some very clever photos of what they rigged together to get all the equipment to move fully over into their own stack. But there is a lot of value in doing things like that that is only a luxury of a larger company and Amazon kind of has a lot of us cornered on that. So I hope to see more diversity and things like that, but I think it's going to be a while. (laughs) Yeah, no, indeed. I mean, I I was surprised by Libsyn, who they own a web hosting company called Pair. It's a very good ISP from what I understand. So I kind of thought that they would use that for podcast hosting, but they appear to use Highwinds, which is the CDN that Megaphone also use, as do Captivate. So interesting seeing that they're using a CDN, whereas I would kind of assume that they would self-host. Also really interesting, just the type of different people who have gone with different products. So Akamai 
is essentially used by large broadcasters. So NPR's on it, uh, the BBC's on it, uh, ABC here in Australia is on it. Uh, Akamai seems to have the big public radio broadcasters sewn up and, and, and no one else, which I, f- I just find fascinating. There must be something that Akamai does. And maybe it's about streaming TV and maybe actually, you know, uh, they're basically getting the podcast hosting for free because they stream the, the TV. I don't know. Um, Red Circle also uses Amazon, uh, I notice. You chatted with Mike Caden for a, a deep dive. What's a, what's a deep dive and what's that company doing? Yeah, every month I uh, convince an awesome company in the podcast ad tech space to kind of walk me through their platform so that I can ask some tough questions like it's the last meeting before a client would sign off on to give them a demo that they can share with their clients that I can share with my audience. It hopefully shows people all the cool things these companies that you might not have had time for a demo for are doing. And Red Circle is really neat because it's all about uh, free hosting and now they have paid hosting tiers and about monetizing that inventory, either through helping you serve your own host red ads or helping sell host red ads at scale. And most recently and most successfully for them, they've been able to do a lot of great programmatic work. So uh, definitely check out that video at soundsprofitable.com. Very cool. One other thing to note, John Spurlock also did podcast hosts by episode share. So the total amount of podcast episodes in September for each podcast hosting company. And apart from Anchor, the number one podcast company in terms of share was our sponsor and host Buzzsprout with 8% of the market, which is fantastic. I was in the Buzzsprout Facebook page only the other day. Um, and people were asking, who's the largest paid podcast host? And it's, 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 it's Buzzsprout. It's the, it's the company that you're with. So um, I think there's, a, there's an assumption it's still Libsyn. The data that John produced says that Libsyn is much smaller at just 5% of all uh, episodes. But you can find out more about Buzzsprout and get started for free at buzzsprout.com. So, James, I noticed a new section in Pod News called People. And in there yesterday was Amit Shetty, who has left the IAB Tech Lab and gone to join an ad fraud detection platform. Yeah, he'd been at the IAB for seven years. He was one of those people that worked on the podcast measurement guidelines. And there was a colleague of his, Mike Midden, who also worked on those guidelines. And he left the IAB in June. Is there anybody left at the IAB, Brian? It's, uh, you know, it, it looks like a it's a lot of new faces. I, I definitely think that they're working hard yeah. to staff back up there. And if there is anybody who is interested in taking up those roles, I know they have a lot of, uh, of openings, uh, specifically around audio, which will be really cool. It, it was really rough to lose Mike and now Emmett. Uh, I... I don't know. I, I think this is going to be very interesting, but I think it's a chance for new blood and a chance for us to kind of change the direction we're going. Yeah, and you say us because you're now in the IAB Tech Lab. What What's your sense of what the IAB is doing and where they're going? I think... Um I think I went in a little bit hot and heavy at first because... Did you? Yeah, uh, look, I mean, I definitely made it 45 minutes before my first argument. Um, But uh, since that first meeting, it's been very clear that uh, these are all people who want to work together. I've seen some amazing people step up and just fully offer proprietary information or strategies that they've implemented to help each other. And I think the hardest part is, is that there are a lot of people signed up for it that just don't attend. It's very easy for people to miss this meeting, but it's really the best opportunity the industry has to get everybody together 
part because it's the only group organizing people like that and part because you paid for that seat. So maybe show up and maybe, maybe if the executives can't make it, give it to a product manager or someone lower on the totem pole who can just take notes. But I, yeah. uh, I'm really excited to spend a year in the IAB and see how it goes. And I'm going to be presenting with, to the audio committee, um, later this week. Oh, very cool. Actually, to when this podcast goes live. Uh, and yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be really nice to be able to give back and help grow the community more mm. uh, at different levels. I mean, obviously one of the recommendations that you're going to make is that they should become a gold sponsor of the pod news uh, newsletter, I'm sure. <laughs> and indeed, it sounds profitable. <laughs> Listen, I, uh, yeah. yeah, that was a long, long, long discussion about uh, <laughs> who should pay to do homework. But <laughs> yeah, we, we may have been trying for a while. <laughs> let's, let's talk about you getting paid uh, with something called the Boostergram Corner. Oh, yes. And there's a jingle. Here it is. Booster, Booster, Boostergram. Boostergram. Boostergram Corner. You can't get more top 40 than that. Yes, uh, the podfather himself. Um, have you any idea what the Boostergram Corner is, Brian? Yeah, I, you know, I heard it on uh, Podcasting 2.0 and I've heard it on here and I get a kick out of it. I think it's a great way to uh, really motivate people to, to tip. You are absolutely right. You've been paying attention and um, we're recording this a little bit early this week because uh, you're on a very different time zone to Mr. Sethi normally. But so far this week, we've earned 50,200 sats, which is about 32 US dollars. Um, and one of the things I find really interesting is, although we're going to go into boosts in just a second, we earned 27,000 sats with boosts. And I'll read out about 13,000 of them, which were booster grams. There were another 14,000 sats, which were given to us as boosts without any message. And then 23,000 sats with just streaming. So the point is, as you're listening, you can uh, just stream a small amount of sats. It might be five sats a minute. It might be 10 sats a minute. Uh, you might want to, you know, turn that up a bit. That would be nice. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and so that bit is actually the bit that is earning podcasters the most amount of, um, of uh, cash. So I think that that's, um, you know, a pretty good thing. Um, did you uh, spot my thing about Boostergram numerology the other day, uh, uh, Brian? I did. I did. And it's funny. I saw your tweet about it, about your pollution one. Uh, and people didn't get it because I think you quoted the wrong number. You, I think you meant 710-11345, which is oh. Shell Oil, as too many of us with a calculator have, have known. Uh, and I definitely think we should see that one in there. Yeah. No, well, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe pollution is uh, being a little bit unfair to the to the excellent shell company who i'm sure do other things uh you know i mean it's not it's not bp um so uh but still uh yeah so this is a great big list of um you know amusing uh amusing numbers that people are using to boost because of course you can just choose whatever whatever you want to boost like oscar merry uh who boosted us um a stack of twos uh, two, 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 two sats using uh, his own fountain. Uh, he says, great interview with Brian. Thanks, Sam. That's Brian of London, not you. Um, <laughs> and he says the dairy cow analogy was lost on him. Uh, well, Oscar, uh, you know, pay more attention. Um, Adam Curry, the podfather, said, bravo, Brian, great pod ping explainer. 
And Brian of London himself uh, sent us a boostergram uh, at 10.12 sats um, saying, well, thank the Lord that's over. Who was that droning on? Uh, funny man. Uh, thank you, Brian. It was a great interview last week. If you can stand a two-hour version of this podcast, then you should go and have a listen to that uh, last week. Um, Kyrin from Mere Mortals was talking about you speaking Spanish and indeed me speaking Spanish. Uh, which you've started uh, doing. Uh, here is you speaking Spanish. Este artículo fue traducido a través de la tecnología de traducción del inglés al español de Beritone. Now, Karin said, uh, fluent is a really strong word. From those clips, I'd say it's more conversational than fluent, but that's just him being finicky. Uh, and he says, pretty, pretty powerful stuff. Um, <laughs> he says, I sound more fluent, although it's less recognizably me. But you, he says, sounds like an Italian trying to speak Spanish with a lisp. Well, what do you think of that? <laughs> <laughs> well, as an Italian who... Uh, <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. Oh, well, yes. Dude, that's, that's spot on. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's really interesting. And it's, it's one of those things where, you know, part of it is the translation. And then, like, it's, it's literally just my English words mashed into another language with no uh, sense for culture because someone didn't write it in that other language or culture and then run through a robot version of me. So I'm sure the word choices as much as the synthetic voice kind of make it more conversational, uh, but I'm just glad it's useful. I'm truly glad that people don't hate it. I haven't gotten mm. any negatives about it, just some suggestions. Yes, no, indeed. Uh, if you want to hear that, or indeed read Sounds Profitable in uh, Spanish as well, then espanol.soundsprofitable.com uh, is the place to go. Uh, and also Adam Curry has sent us 5,000 sats using CurioCaster for a name check boost of newpodcastapps.com. Uh, which reminds me, send us a boostergram. You can hold down the boost button in your podcast app. And if your podcast app doesn't have a boost button, you should get a better one at newpodcastapps.com. Awesome. James, so what else is happening for you in Podland this week? Well, uh, it's, it's, been a, it's been an entertaining week. So tomorrow I'm talking to some people in New Zealand all about radio with my other uh, hat on. I was up this morning uh, very early because I was doing a tech check for Podfest Origins, which is uh, Chris Kremitz. Sauces um, uh, thing in uh, Florida. It's a hybrid event, so it's going to be half a physical event and half a online event. And I'm speaking at the online event because the Australian government still isn't allowing me out of the country. Uh, they will do, by the way, from the beginning of next month. So, um, uh, so that's very exciting. Um, so yes, yeah, so I've been doing a, a fair amount of that and a fair amount of sort of fiddling around with um, boring code and things like that. Um, what What's been happening for you um, over the last couple of weeks and what's what's on the agenda for Brian Barletta? Well, with the holiday season coming up and me doing a product deep dive every month, I've kind of tried to get everybody to front load them. So we had the red circle one that just came up uh, and we're recording uh, one for uh, yeah. frequency ads coming up soon. We have Veritonic tomorrow and I'm getting back to recording as many podcast episodes as possible. So I'll be guessing on the podcast advertising playbook uh, tomorrow I'm recording with uh, the team over at Veritone's Marvel AI um, on Friday, which will be a future episode of Sounds Profitable. And then I'm going to get heads down and try and get out my next few articles to get ahead of it. But uh, next week, we're going to be digging into the other side of the anchor announcement, thinking about it from the advertiser and brand point of view, and really making sure people understand that 
Spotify, Anchor, and Megaphone are just creating places for people to enter. And mm. they may spend a substantial amount of money in there, but they're creating smart, savvy people on both sides that are going to explore the rest of the space. And it's our job to all take advantage of that and really pull them in to teach them what else is out there. Well, really cool. And yes, I keep on forgetting that you have this thing called Thanksgiving coming up, don't you? Which is, uh, it's not a thing that we do, which I believe is the most... Uh, busiest time in airports and in transport in general as people go uh, back to see their family, you know, all over the country. Are you doing any of that uh, driving around? I, I mean, I'm guessing it's Texas is going to be covered with uh, snow and you won't be able to uh, move anywhere. Isn't, <laughs> isn't that basically how it works? My hope is we are not covered in snow this year in Texas. I would like to get back to it being warmer all the time here. But no, we're, we're pretty locked down with two young kids and our family being pretty dispersed. I think that uh, I, I think that we're going to very much be locked down until those kids can be, be safer uh, with travel. So nothing for us except eating and sleeping and enjoying each other's company. Well, very nice. Very nice. I'm, I'm sure that you will have a, a fantastic time. And that's it for this week. Thank you to Adam Bowie for being our excellent guest and for Brian Barletta for standing in for Sam. Sam Sethi will be back next week after being in the lovely city of Barcelona in Catalonia. I wonder how many times he's been uh, mugged so far, uh, having been to Barcelona. Probably three times, but uh, <laughs> we will find out from Sam next week. Please follow Podland in your podcast app and on Twitter at Podland News, where you can tweet a comment about this week's show or tweet us a question for next week show. You can also find previous shows on the web at www.podland.news. And if you want daily news, you should get Pod News. The newsletter is free at podnews.net. The podcast can be found in your podcast app. Brian's is at soundsprofitable.com. And all the stories we've discussed on Podland today are taken from this week's Pod News. All the links are in the show notes. Our music is from Ignite Jingles, and we are hosted and sponsored by Buzzsprout and Riverside.fm. Keep listening. Keep listening.